0: Hey guys, today I got a question about objections in this business of selling health products or trying to help people with their health. The question is, what were some of the most challenging objections you had to answer when starting out? So I went a little bit long on that answer on Instagram, and I'm actually going to include that at the end of this podcast. And it may repeat itself, but I wanted to go a little bit more into this because a lot of this centers on the price myth. And I'm taking this from the book, Sell or Be Sold, Chapter 6, The Price Myth, by Grant Cardone. A lot of people don't like Grant Cardone, and I think that's unfortunate because it prevents them from looking at this book, Sell or Be Sold, and taking this concept to the bottom of your heart. It's not the price. A lot of times, people that are asking me about objections actually haven't encountered that many objections. A lot of it is just fear of objections. So understand that most objections will come down to the cost of doing them versus the value of doing it or the perceived value of doing it. This means that most times if a person gives an objection, they are trying to change the value to price ratio or they don't understand the value to price ratio. Let's say it's a house. The house is for sale for two hundred thousand dollars. You like the house, but you don't like it at $200,000. You think there's less value for the price, so you're changing the equation. In this case, to you, the value is the same. You like the house for what it is, you just think it's overpriced. So the price part of the ratio, you are attempting to change in your negotiation. You want to pay $150,000. That's what you think the value is. When we talk about supplements, it's not so simple. Usually. If there is a real objection, it's because they don't believe or understand the value of the product, or the diet, or whatever it is, going gluten-free. If they have an objection to it, usually the objection is just a front, like my doctor says that if you're not a celiac, then you don't have to avoid gluten. That's the wall, but behind the wall is the belief that doing the thing won't make that big of a difference. If they believed it would make all the difference in the world and that it wasn't just a joke, like the South Park episode about gluten, which I think actually, you know, kind of made a brilliant point when they flipped the food pyramid upside down at the end, Uh, really good. But if they see it as a joke, if they see it as just something trendy or that won't in fact help them that much, then they're not seeing very much value for the cost of them doing it. And it is a big cost. They have to throw things out in their cupboard. They have to refuse certain foods when they're eating at their friends' and family's houses, at restaurants. It's a big lifestyle adaptation. And if they don't believe it's going to make all the difference, then they won't do it. Now, in the case of gluten, there's many things they could have heard out there. You know, now it's quite popular. Probably everyone has a friend or a family member that has gone gluten-free and has talked about the benefits. Just like, you know, Probably everybody knows somebody who's quit smoking, right? And, and so they can empathize with that experience. Gluten-free is popular enough where it's out there. They probably know someone who's gluten-free and that person probably says they feel great. So having them trust you on that isn't such a big deal if, huge if here, if they've been given any confidence in you to begin with. Now, in our case with Longevity, most of our confidence is based on Dr. Wallach. So most people's initial exposure to this, and I'm not talking about you bringing it up, I'm talking about them really being exposed to the information, usually it's by Dr. Wallach. So by proxy, if you are representing him, which you are, even if you're not selling the products, you are representing his message, if they have any confidence in Dr. Wallach, hopefully they're translating that onto you because you're now the one saying, yeah, I will help you. Make sense of this and I'll help you get started and I'll give you the simplest things that will make the biggest difference right away. And I'll continue helping you and so on. So my point here is that the value is so truly high on what we do that cost isn't much of a factor. And I wanted to hover and focus on cost here because I said some things on the story that I feel maybe either misinterpreted or not taken fully to heart. I've said many times that I was extremely poor when I started this. My quick way of describing it is that I was homeless, you know. Sometimes I say we were living in a car. That's Chef Norman and I, who we now own a house together by the way. But that's actually not even that true. We did have a car, but it was a Honda Civic, so two guys over six foot tall can't really sleep in it, so it didn't help that much. And we actually blew the motor on that car before we were even officially homeless and had lost the apartment that we had. But I say these things to illustrate that I understand poverty. I slept on the floor for over 15 years. I get it. I've been on welfare. In fact, when I started these products, I hadn't even gotten welfare. I hadn't even gotten to that stage of poorness yet. I had just run out of money. With or without welfare, I get it. And in this business, we do deal with a lot of people who are on disability. We're in the health business. Of course we run into people on disability. We also have tons of customers who are still on disability. They're old, you know, or they're retired. They're on social security. They are on limited budgets. I totally understand. But with that ratio thing and the price myth, you need to understand that the value part of our equation is so high that it obscures all the costs involved, including the effort required to go gluten-free and stay gluten-free and just the general effort that you need to put in to be healthy in this world got to avoid a lot of foods, not just the stuff that's on our list. It's worth the cost because the value is so high. Now, the person who asked this question, I know he's a young man, and I don't remember his story, his health story, personally. But most young guys who come to us and get into this, some of them do do it straight up per, for prevention. They're just into health. They take care of themselves. They're in great shape. They think it's a super smart idea to take the vitamins and minerals because they've heard our message and it makes sense to them. But that's a very small minority, And those are generally terrible prospects if you're out there like trying to talk to people. Most of you guys are or should be, in my opinion, talking to people who do have health problems because we're in the business of fixing health problems. I'm in this business because I was born in pain. I said that I was poor. I understand money pain, but I was born and raised in pain. So a lot of these young guys that come to us, they weren't born and raised in pain, whereas most of the people in this business were in serious pain or did have a serious disease and that's why we have such an easy time with this value proposition and with the price myth you know price is out the window to us i don't have that much sympathy for price mainly because we're not asking for that much compared to the costs of other things in in life you know house car food travel and so on but also compared to regular health stuff, you know, I grew up with back pain, neck pain, all that stuff. So creams and compresses and chiropractors, all this stuff gets expensive. And now I'm hooked on A535 or or the icy hot back patches, you know, that adds up. And it doesn't fix the problem. It's still in the pain, it just helps it a little bit. Sickness is very costly. Not just in the things that you need to buy when you're sick, but also in the lack of energy, the lack of motivation. For me, much of my life, I physically couldn't do what I wanted to do. So not only in business it slowed me down, it slowed me down in life. I feel like I had the first 25 years stolen from me. I'm saying this because if you came to us with IBS, for example, or acne, or you know, IBS is terrible. It's uncomfortable, it's embarrassing, and more. But it's not diabetes, it's not morbid obesity, it's not crippling arthritis, right? I could consider myself disabled growing up. You know, I literally couldn't participate in life. The guy who got me in had crippling arthritis and had become a full-blown raging alcoholic to cope with the pain. So when those types of problems are fixed, those people tend to not really consider the cost. And again, people, when they are sick, they do tend to go to great lengths to try and get rid of it, even if it's something as ignorant as coping with drugs or alcohol. They're still doing it consciously in an attempt to dull their pain. People go to great lengths to dull their pain. People spend tons of money. People do radical procedures. People do medical tourism. They do extreme drugs and chemotherapy, and etc. They are willing to pay the cost to get out of pain. So if it sounds cold to like take money from an old lady, you need to understand that we are giving that old lady something so amazing, we are possibly giving her health back. You know, that old lady might dance on the table in a few months. Seriously, this is actually the type of thing that happens. People come back with tears in their eyes and hug us. So if you haven't been in this business that long, understand the severity of it. Understand the value that those of us who do need it most, understand the value that we get from it. Cost doesn't matter at that point. So the the value on the one side of the equation and the cost on the other side of the equation, the value just completely obscures the cost once people understand the value. And the thing is, they might not understand it at first. In fact, they probably truly can never understand it unless they try it. So that's why it comes back to the proposition. Because getting them started is the most important thing. There is no benefit unless they get started. This goes back to the price myth. The myth is that the thing costs too much or that the person doesn't have the money. And it's a myth because people will get the money for what they need almost inevitably. On the opposite side of the coin, however much money you make will most likely match the amount that you spend. Meaning people, if they make $10 an hour or $20 an hour, if they make 20000 a year or 100000 a year... They tend to spend all of it or more. This is poor people, middle class people, not rich people because rich people know how to handle their money. Middle class and poor people tend to spend all of their money or spend more than they have, which is called living beyond your means, right? This is the classic houses mortgaged, cars financed, uh, you're using credit cards to buy groceries and so on. You know, everything's on debt. That's living beyond your means. Hopefully that's not you, but it it doesn't matter what financial situation you're in because the health is a different conversation. It's a different thing. Whether you're poor or middle class or rich, a health problem is a health problem and the solution is the same for everybody. We do have more expensive products and a person with more money can get more and do more. That's true, but everybody can start with the same things which are very reasonable. Again, we're We're not selling cars here, but think about cars. Poor people buy cars. Poor people buy dirt bikes. Poor people buy ATVs. Me, I was very poor. I bought cigarettes. I bought weed. I bought stuff. You know, poor people buy stuff. They're poor because they spend all their money and because they don't make enough money. But even one of my favorite books, The Wealthy Barber, I love to point this out. On any budget, on any income, you can earn more people don't do these things and that's why they're poor you need to understand this too if somebody says to you you know i'm poor i don't have the money for these nutrients well i talked about in the story you know there are free things that we offer doing the food stuff is free our help is free and we're here to help you forever that's super 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 valuable you know the fact that you get a health coach for free we make a small commission a very very small commission Compared to selling the car, for example, but a very small commission to help you forever. That's our, that's our promise. In fact, that's the only thing I can actually truly promise. I promise that I will stay there with you. I can't promise a health uh, result, but I can say that I'm really confident. You know, I can say that it's very likely and stuff like this. But I can only promise to really be there for you. Anyway, someone says, I'm poor, I don't have any money. Okay, well, everybody eats somehow, right? Everybody can make choices on what they eat. A homeless person can be gluten-free if they want to. I know because I did it. If they really want to get out of pain, and by the way, a small fraction of people actually don't want to get out of pain. There are a small fraction of people who maybe consciously, maybe not, like being in pain, like the attention, like that they don't have to work, like that they continue getting a disability check. I am not joking. I have had cases where people said, If I got rid of my diabetes, then I would no longer get a disability check. Then I would have to go back to work, and I don't want to. Believe it or not, some people don't want to get rid of their health concerns. They don't think it's that big of a deal or whatever. Small fraction, but it's there. But if they actually want to do something about it, there are many free things that you can do, and we do understand that they're expensive. You might not have been poor, but I get it. Like I didn't have the money in my pocket, but once I understood the value, I realized I didn't want to live without this stuff. I tried it at a reasonable entry point, which was reasonable, even as a poor person. only cost me 65 bucks for my first product. That's a reasonable entry. And then I found ways to get the money, like people almost always do, including poor people. And again, coming from a person who was poor, I grew up around poor people. I know poor people. And I know that they will make plenty of excuses in their own life for not doing better, for not doing smart things with their money, They know that they're wasting most of their money. In many cases, they just don't know what to do about it. But my point is, if they want a dirt bike, they're going to go get a dirt bike. Might not be tomorrow, might not be next week, but they're going to find a way to get the dirt bike. They might put it on a credit card. They might borrow the money. They might save for it. I don't know and I don't care if I'm selling a dirt bike. I hope that makes sense too. Your job is to deliver the value proposition. People don't know this. We are the army of the informed that Dr. Wallach intended to create when he started this company. This is why he started it as a network marketing company. Because he wanted this army of the informed going out person by person and walking through this with people because it's complicated. Because it goes against everything they've ever heard. This is why we start with the Dead Doctors Don't Lie presentation or giving them a CD of Dr. Wallach or, or some getting them the core information so that they can see wow we've been scammed by the medical industry. What we do is actually amazing if you don't appreciate it either. If you're sh- if you're shy about this and stuff, you need to understand that you are acting as an incredibly courageous soldier in this mission of getting rid of the shackles of medical tyranny, of helping people get out of pain when nothing else will help them. Right? All we got out there is scams. I was scammed so much by Again, creams and, and patches and chiropractors. and uh, There's value to chiropractic. There's value to some of these creams and stuff. But I was addicted to all of them because I had a nutrient deficiency. And no one could just tell me to take the same nutrients that we would give to cows or horses or pigs or dogs or chickens or r- rats and mice. You know, all this stuff is in the rat pellets. It's not in my pellets. So it was a, such a simple thing. You know, the person who told me and who helped me get started and... Aggressively too, because i was I was poor, I made excuses again don't have sympathy for people because they're poor not just automatically right just just hold on to that thought don't automatically look down on someone because they're poor. Most poor people are poor because of their own stupid choices, and that's just the fact that a lot of people don't want to get into some people if circumstances are incredibly terrible, you can have sympathy for those people fine, fine but being a poor person with diabetes sucks. I was a poor person with what they called childhood arthritis. You know, had Tourette's twitches and, and all, all this stuff. My life sucked. Poor person or not, my life sucked physically. And the amount of money that it took to get out of it was not that much compared to plenty of things that I've wasted money on. And knowing many other poor people who have done this and who still do this, like you don't know how many customers we have in the Detroit area all throughout the Midwest, people who are truly poor, by American standards, and they figure out a way to get their ninety essential nutrients because they can do it for less than one hundred bucks a month in most cases, and it 's doable. Poor people spend two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars on groceries every month. obviously, we need to eat, but we also need the ninety essential nutrients once you understand how important it is, how essential it is it 's not just in the name because it sounds good it 's essential. <laughs> Once you truly understand that, you realize that this has to be budgeted in like food, like rent, like cars for most people in this world, in this modern world. We need cars. We need this stuff. Life is expensive. I get it. Rent is going up. Everything is going up. Totally. There's political cra- chaos and craziness as well. I get it. We all complain about food prices and gas prices right now. Totally. None of that changes the fact that we still need a roof over our head and food in our bellies and the 90 essential nutrients. Go back to the price myth. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money for what? This is air, right? This is life itself, especially if you're talking to sick people. I didn't even get a chance to live before the 90 essential nutrients. That's how serious I take this. Pain robs you of almost anything. Have you ever had a stomach ache and it just ruined your day? You couldn't get any work done. You didn't come up with any good new ideas, you were a downer to be around by whoever you were around because you're just sitting there in this mild agony. It's, I know it's only a mild thing, but it can totally ruin your day. Imagine having that all the time, right? Life is very not worth it at that point. And we are in the business of helping people with these things. Some of them are small things, but if you go back to when you were a teenager and remember you getting your first pimples and stuff, you probably thought it was a huge deal. Think about that. Any health problem is a huge deal. We have some more leverage when people are scared out of their wits because they've been told they had cancer and diabetes and stuff. Sure. But any health problem is a health problem. Stubbing your toe, to me, like the pain level is almost the same as like breaking the toe. It's the same, like pain is pain. You know, you don't need to weigh one level of pain over the other pain. But if you have anybody in pain, poor person, middle class person, rich person, again, the price is not what we are talking about. The price is part of. Of the value proposition, but it's only part of it. This is not charity. We're not asking people to just give us $50 or $100 or $500. They're buying something they need, they're buying something that we provide that nobody else does. Nobody even tries to say we have all 90 essential nutrients in optimal proportions for body weight. Nobody does that. Nobody. That's real. Right? We are offering something unique and all of this only matters if they actually believe any of it. Even Again, they don't need to be full-blown believers and I, I even say sometimes you don't even have to believe it. What you need to do is try it and see. Now that comes down to you as a salesperson because you need to tell the person, hey, aunt Mary or Uncle Jim or my buddy Joe, I actually don't care at all if you believe that gluten is good or bad for you or that if you believe supplementation will do anything for you. I don't care if you believe it. I'm asking you to try it for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever my proposition is. Try it for two weeks. Try it for something. Then we can judge it. Then we can evaluate it. That's you as a salesperson. Before that, honestly, the easiest way is just to give them the information in the form of them hearing a presentation from Dr. Wallach. and That's another thing. I'm just addressing things that come up a lot here. A lot of people are hesitant to bug people about getting the information you don't want to seem like you're a bother you don't want to harass people and a lot of you are scared to ask for money you need to understand that those of us in pain getting out of pain is worth more than the money we're not talking about selling our house we're not talking about selling our children into slavery here to pay for this stuff we're talking about less than the grocery bill and you shouldn't feel bad about it because you can give them their life back for that price and it's absolutely amazing value But also, they're not going to make any of these decisions and they're not going to get any of the value. Nothing's going to happen at all if they don't see the information, probably. So I learned to direct all of my energy towards getting that information out there. Obviously, these days we do it on YouTube, Instagram. We just post the information, hope people see it. Now, conversion is very low in that case. We have to get millions of impressions. Like, millions of accounts have to see this stuff to get, like, hundreds of people interested. You know, very low conversion. But in real life, it's the same thing. Like They're not going to see it unless you show it to them, probably. People on Instagram never saw Dr. Wallach until I started posting it, because it's just it. You have to post it in order for them to see it. You have to give them the information in order for them to see it. They have to get the information in order to have an objection about it, right? A lot of people are trying to ask about objections when they haven't even gotten to the objection stage yet, because they haven't gotten the information, so they wouldn't be able to understand a proposition, even if they had the proposition. Our proposition is based on information, proposition is if, then, because. If you do this, then expect this, because of this. Well, we start with the because, just like a regular math equation. You can move things from one side of the equal sign to the other. So in this case, we put the because first, and then the if, then. The because, they will be told in the presentation. Dr. Wallach will talk about how in veterinary medicine, we've solved all human health problems. He'll talk about evidence showing that nutrients do have value actually in scientific studies and stuff like that too. It'll show all, all kinds of this stuff that break down all the general myths that you don't have to do. You know, if people have confidence in their doctor, probably the best way to get them away from that is to show them dead doctors don't lie or show them Dr. Wallach one of his presentations. Because if the person still believes in their doctor after watching Dr. Wallach, you're probably not going to be able to convince them. So, you know, I'm just saying that don't be afraid to. Push people to see the information because people will make excuses. This is why I said kind of don't look down on poor people right away. People make all kinds of excuses. I resisted it. My friend brought this to me at first. He said, hey, look into Dr. Wallach. I totally blew it off. Totally blew it off because he didn't give me a value proposition in it. He didn't start out by saying, hey, man, you know, I know you walk with a hunchback and you can't move your neck all the way to the side. And obviously you have all these other you know, pains and stuff like that well, I know this is kind of weird, you probably never heard anything like this, but I don't know if you've tried anything, you know, to get out of that pain, but this guy's saying he can do it, and actually, my buddy actually knew Dr. Wallach at that point, so he, he could have said, yeah, I could actually introduce you, and he didn't start with any of that, so I had no reason to see the information, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't open to the information at a later point, so keep this in mind, too, because somebody says no once, you might have just failed, I mean, Not only did somebody else get through to me eventually, it did take them a little bit of bugging. And they did get products into me, but it did take some pushing. People are scared to be pushy, but I'm very thankful for the people who were pushy with me because I didn't get this and I made excuses about it. Money was one of those excuses because I didn't understand the value proposition, so they stuck with me until I did. They gave me books. They gave me CDs. I read the books before I watched the CDs. Most people will just... You know, watch a lecture on YouTube or something like that now. It was very easy. I was stubborn. It took me multiple books. It took me multiple events. We went to literal events. And I still didn't get it until I finally did. And at that point, I always bought the products. Every single month. I never missed a single month since that point, since I understood it. But that was well over a year, probably two years since my first exposure. But those people in my life... They were willing to bug me. They were willing to be a little bit uncomfortable. They were willing to bother me because they knew that I was in pain. They understood that this could help me more than I understood it. So the price myth, this is, again, I was poor. One way you could look at it is these people were trying to get money out of a poor guy like me, taking advantage of me. That's the really negative way to look at it. But another way is for them to say, I don't care whether you're poor or not, Mr. Human Being. You're in pain, and this will get you out of pain. And if you don't believe it, I'm going to keep trying to get you to believe it. I'm going to keep exposing you to this information. I'm going to bring you to events if I have to do it. I'm going to buy you the book if I have to do it. But once you get that information, hopefully you understand how important this is. Or at least you have enough confidence to try it. And you can hedge your bets that if we try it when I tried it, you get a result. For me, it was life-changing. For many people, it is life-changing. For most people, it is life-changing when it's done properly. So this is a fairly long process, but don't get hung up on the myth of the price. Don't get hung up on objections. And this whole conversation here started from a question about objections. And you notice I haven't even addressed that. Why? Because when I first started talking to people about this, I didn't encounter that many objections. Some, but... I understood the value, and so I didn't care about the price. I didn't care if the person was poor or rich or middle class or anything. I didn't care because it doesn't matter and it's not actually my business. If I'm selling cars or groceries or anything you can name, it's not my business how the person gets the money. And if they're poor, it's also not supposed to be my concern. I am not their accountant. I'm not their financial advisor. I'm trying to talk to them about health at this moment. Maybe we could talk about finances. Maybe I could help them with their finances if I know something about finances. If you're a financial advisor, you have money, you know the secrets to gold and all that stuff. You, you, sure. But the conversation you're having is about health. It's not about money. And I said in the story that like poor people can come back with money. You know, Poor people can get a credit card or use their credit card or ask one of their family members for a loan and it's not your business because if they really want to get out of pain they will ask their family or they'll go under their bed and get the money they've been squirreling away for 60 years i have no idea and i don't care right my job is to communicate the value the best i can to communicate the value proposition the best i can to handle any other questions to handle any other concerns their objections to answer them as honestly and thoroughly as i can and that is it that's my business so I'm I'm there to help them make a decision, to inform them as best I can on what they need to know to make that decision, and then at the end of that, sure, yeah, I can take the money too, like I can do the transaction, I can fulfill the order for them, and I can check up with them later, and all, all that stuff, follow up. But it's 100% not my business to decide where they get their money from, or to decide who I'm going to present this to, based on what I think about their finances, and I'll give you a dark tale here, by the way, that I don't normally bring up, but... This has been important to me since the beginning. Early on in the business, we were just getting started. I was really just beginning to understand how important this was. I had met a whole bunch of people who had had their lives changed and all that. So, you know, I'd seen the potential in this. I just hadn't really had the experience yet. And one day we were driving and my girlfriend at the time who was in the car asked if it would be a good idea to reach out to my brother, my brother Dean, about this. And he didn't have any outright, like, diseases, but I already knew at that point that he would have had health problems. His cheeks were all puffy, which I know is gluten intolerance. I know he eats a lot of gluten. That one thing alone probably could have changed his life. Now, there's two ways to think about this before we've even talked to him, right? One is to say, uh, he'll probably never buy this anyways. You know, the guy lives off of bread, and he's probably just never going to give up bread. If you make this decision for him, he can't make the decision at all, right? You know, if he doesn't have the information or your opinion at all, he can't use that in what he does in his life. Maybe he doesn't change his ways, but he can't possibly do it unless you kind of provoke this, right? Unless you give him the information, unless you tell him, "Hey, man, I think you should go gluten free. I think it will help you out a lot. Cheeks are looking puffy. You're looking a bit overweight." I think uh, this will benefit you again. If without that opinion or information, he can't base a decision on it. You know, he maybe stumbles upon it, but we're not leaving things to chance here. The second way to look at it is to say that okay, my brother was poor. Well, so was I. I was poor. So, you know, those, those two things are going to prevent us from bringing that up to him. Meanwhile, those two things have nothing to do with whether or not he should do the thing. In this case, I'm only talking about gluten-free here. I think it would have benefited him big time to go gluten-free. And I do think he would have been resistant to it, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't have given him more information. I couldn't have talked with him about it. I couldn't have given him a bet or a proposal, been like, well, why don't you just try it for two weeks or a month and see what happens? I bet you'll feel better. I, I, I couldn't have given him any proposition like that or challenge like that if I didn't talk to him about it in the first place. And in this case, we didn't talk to him. I let myself be convinced that because he's poor and struggling, so-called, and because he's stubborn, and because it would be difficult to convince him of this, that I shouldn't even try. Now, the reason I don't bring this up very often is because my brother died that summer. He was found dead on his bathroom floor at 25 years old. You just turned 25. And I never wanted to make it seem like I'm trying to sell off of my brother's death. But it hit me pretty hard, and that conversation just kept going over in my head. And the main thing that went through my thoughts was that Dean wasn't even a part of that conversation. You know, we never even tried to tell him. Why am I saying all this? Because a lot of you guys aren't even getting to objections because you're not talking to people sincerely about these things, probably in fear of objections or fear that they can't afford it. Well, I promise you, a poor person who finds a way to pay for this is going to be better off. The poor person or the stubborn person who finds the will to go gluten-free and so on will benefit from it. Some people are stubborn. In this business, there's been many people that I've talked to and done my best to convince them to take action. And they didn't. And they actually died. And I say this sometimes, too. Like, in this business, you're going to need thick skin. You need to literally understand the importance of this. I know it's hard to talk to some people and to get through some of this stuff. But it is life or death. And I'm not saying they're going to die, like, next week, you know, if they don't do this. But some of them actually will. No joke. Some of them will have a heart attack. Some of them are already doing chemotherapy, and you know this might be their last chance. This might be the last time you ever see them. Don't mean to be too dramatic here, you know, but if you're talking to young people who have IBS, you should still keep this in your mind that they aren't the best prospects to begin with. We don't have the most leverage with them, but everything still stays the same. We still try and get them the information so that they're... Uh, at least convinced to try some things. Again, go off the bad foods, get on the 90 cent nutrients, something at any baseline. Probably have a lot longer with the young and healthy person. Obviously, they're probably not just going to drop dead. My brother was a fluke, you know, not every 25-year-old is going to drop dead. But, again, it can happen. And in that case, it was just a, a tragic timing that we decided not to even bring the conversation up with him because we had decided that he didn't have the money or that he would be too difficult to convince or something. It's just sad don't Don't worry about that stuff, like honestly, I would rather have had an uncomfortable conversation where he said no than to not bring it up at all and know that he died without us doing anything that's a sad thought, so what we're doing out there when I said earlier that you are courageous and commendable for going out there and doing this, you need to understand that's what this is. We literally are out there saving people's lives. This might sound you know very egotistical to say it or something like that i don't think of it as ego. I think of this as a very important duty, that's why I signed up to do this. I saw Dr. Wallet creating this grassroots movement and I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to help people. Again, I was in pain. The money that it cost me to get out of pain, I'd never think of. The money that I spend now, I still barely think of it. I'm not spending thousands of dollars a month on products, you know, it's not a huge deal. But to be healthy is a huge deal. So I, I hope this helped. I do recommend that book to sell or be sold. And chapter 6 is something that should be studied. Same with chapter 7. Uh, lots of chapters in that book are essential. You need to understand it's not the price. We're in the health business. We're not talking about price. If your life could have been extended for a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars in an extreme case, man, that would have been worth it. What's the point of dying with money in the bank? Ironically, my brother had a little bit of money when he died. And he died, so what's the use of it, Right. You don't have to talk to your customers this way, but you need to keep it in mind that when it comes to selling products, people want the product more than they want the money. Money is not sacred. People like spending money as well. People wish they could spend more money. In this case, we're offering one of the best possible things that they could spend their money on. What else could they spend their money on and get better value for their health? In my opinion, nothing. That's why we do this. Nothing else they spend that money on is going to get rid of their diabetes, right? And if they care about their diabetes, you should not care about their money. You should just agree that, yeah, it is costly and it is something that we all have to budget in and uh, it sucks. I wish we didn't have to do it too. But it is what it is. This is the price. This is the value I think you're going to get from it. And I'm here to help you the whole way through as a bonus. Okay, guys, so I've gone into quite a bit of detail here, circled around the point several times. But this is something that I do think requires length. It required length from me because even though I was poor and I understood that money isn't that big a deal compared to health, I still made excuses for people in terms of money, and I had to learn to not do that. I had to learn to be hard about this and say, I do not care if you're poor or you're on disability or if you're a rich dude wearing a $25,000 watch in front of me. I'm not intimidated. I don't care about your wealth or lack of it. We care about communicating the health message effectively and honestly. And that has nothing to do with the person's budget. Although, obviously, we can help them with their budget. We can offer lower-priced products. You can get the 90 essential nutrients cheaper than Tangy Tangerine and OsteoFX, for example. We have options. We can shop around. But at the bottom line, money needs to be spent. You cannot be wrapped up in it. A doctor doesn't have to worry about this because they're just writing a prescription. Their profession allows them to stay away from the money side of it. They don't take money directly from the customer. You do. That's just part of your role. We don't have a prescription service. You have to fulfill the order in order for them to be taking action on your recommendation. you got to be comfortable with it. In my opinion, it's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to them, and you should feel really good about it. And if you focus yourself on giving the information out there, you should have plenty of people who actually do want to do better so that you don't have to argue with them because you're not trying to convince them of something they don't want to do. right? They want to do better. They heard the message. They want to talk to you about it. They want you to help them figure out what's best for them to start with. What's their bare minimum? What's their more deluxe options? People want to know that. What do I get for a little bit of extra money? All this is taking for granted the fact that the money is worth the product. And if you think it's not, you shouldn't be in this business. But I bet you already do think it's it's that. So you just need to triple down on that. Stand up tall on that. That whatever someone's financial circumstances, we all still need to be healthy and whether it's tough times or good times, nobody wants to be in pain. Pain will ruin your good times and your bad times. It'll make them even worse. So if you do feel bad for poor people or hard-headed people, then by sticking with them and then being hard-headed yourself, you can help them more than anything. And I've said enough on this, so now we will go into the story recording from earlier. There's an article online called the Smart. Uh, article. It's bashing Dr. Wallach. There's a few of them, like Quackwatch.com and stuff. But the Nutrismart article stopped two people, two of my prospects, from taking this seriously, and I was I was outraged actually because you know the article is su- is such nonsense, and if you deconstruct it, you can realize that. But the problem is it's just presented as fact, and most people will just be like, oh, there's a 30-page article against him. He must be a quack, right? I don't even think they read the actual article and it was just it's just vitriol the the article it's not actually even presenting any any proof this is why by the way I wrote the NutraSmart rebuttal I highly recommend it because yeah that article was probably the biggest objection that I actually encountered and it did stop two very important people to me from taking this seriously or even looking at it but i also realized that those two people probably were just looking for reasons to dismiss this uh, completely they weren't actually my prospects both of those women were related to some of my friends so my friend's mother and then my friend's sister and again since they didn't come to us and since they probably didn't even see the dr wallach lecture anything like that it was either just their son or their brother bugging them to do it I'm pretty sure that they just weren't willing to take this seriously at all. And the first article they came across, you know, gave them justification to say, oh, this is some quack nonsense. So I don't think there were very good prospects to begin with, at least in the fact, at least in the sense that they hadn't been given the information first and they hadn't. Come to us with a genuine question basically their son or their brother was trying to force this on them because the son and brother were concerned about their health as they should be but we haven't given them enough reason to not trust the doctor they, they didn't start with information so they just look for a reason not to do it. so from there i basically came to learn that that was what was most important it wasn't that uh the person was specifically irreceptive to it it's that in order to be receptive they have to start with the information And in that sense, objections are rare, right? So what I'm saying is that most of my objections came in cases where we didn't do it properly. We didn't expose the person to the information gradually, right, I'm not talking one exposure, I'm talking three, four, five exposures, you know, watch this, we'll talk about it, you got some questions, we'll talk about all all this stuff. Again, multiple exposures to you being gluten free and allowing them to ask questions about it and stuff. I think one of the biggest mistakes that anybody makes in this business is uh, proposing on exposure number one. You know, you just heard this information and now I'm going to give you a proposal. Most option, most often they're going to be looking for objections because they're not sold yet. When I switched from prospecting people to putting all of my focus into getting the information out there and sharing information with people and not daring to give them a proposal until they've seen that information, everything changed and I, I don't really get objections anymore actually. I was really only getting the objections and probably you too in this case, really was only getting objections when I was actually prospecting people. So here's what I would do. Instead of prospecting people, adjust your process so that what you are aiming to do is to get the information into their heads. You don't give a recommendation, you don't give a proposal, you don't bring up prices because there's no price if there's no proposal. There's no proposal until they get the information and they're genuinely interested. Some people might just watch the video just because, and you can tell if they don't have any questions about it, either they didn't watch it or they're not interested, and you need to focus more on information before you jump in with a proposal. And for the main things that we're recommending, I'm gonna say the hardest uh, to comprehend for the average person is to go gluten-free and to spend 100 or $200 or $300 a month on products. Those two things are, are very, very big for people. But here's the thing even with young people and this guy that's asking, you know, he's also a young Canadian man, very similar situation to what I was in. And when you realize that people will do almost anything they set their mind to, I think you will learn to disregard most objections. For example, one of your friends might say, this is too expensive. And literally 15 minutes later, you might hear your same friend talk about possibly buying a new vehicle taking a vacation or doing something else that costs a lot more than the products you're recommending. So you know it's not price. You know that people, especially where you live, it's a high-end place, they're gonna get whatever they actually want. They're gonna put their minds to it and they're gonna get it. So think about it that way. People will go gluten-free if they want to. People will spend money on products if they want to. So if you want to force them into doing it, you're just working backwards. You get them the information until they want to do it really some people are going to see the information and they're still going to say you know what i'm just going to go get the knee surgery you're not going to be able to sell every single person a professional baseball player doesn't hit every ball they swing at right you, you can get a good average in here by focusing on the information why again because most objections are irrelevant objections are mostly just excuses for people not to take action but if they're already interested they're looking for ways to do it right they're not going to say i can't afford this they're going to say how can i afford this how can i fit this in the budget and then you can help them with that rather than dealing with an objection again the objection is probably just because they're not fully buying it yet they're not sold yet another way to look at an objection is to think of it as a value challenge they're not convinced of the value yet they're not convinced that doing this program will work. Maybe they're not convinced that you will help them. Probably not. It's probably just like a cost, right? You wouldn't argue cost if you knew for sure that this was going to prevent your surgery. You'd be like, you know, 500 bucks to not get a surgery. Pretty good deal, right? So. Anybody rationally if they truly actually believe this then the cost objection doesn't even make sense You guys know I was so poor when I started this We found a way to get the money every month poor people will find a way to get the money every month People on disability will find a way to get the money if they really want it. and again This is true for almost anything poor people will buy weed cigarettes alcohol dirt bikes whatever they want They will find a way to do it human beings are absolutely incredible now if you do encounter a genuine objection you can handle that fairly easily with acceptance acceptance and agreement for example maybe your prospecting a truck driver and they say you know what i'm on the road a lot it's probably going to be real difficult if not impossible to be gluten-free so you might be able to get into an argument by saying no actually it's not that difficult instead you want to agree hey i I agree i spent lots of time on the road myself i know it can be very challenging to eat on the road but with a little bit of effort, we can avoid these bad foods, especially the gluten, the most important one. We can do it on the road, etc. Agreement. You agree. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, it is expensive, but it is worth it, right? It's expensive, but so is pain. Dr. Wallach says death is very expensive, and I want you to keep that in mind, too. Again, you're young getting into this, but you must know that this is a life-or-death business, and the opposite of what we're proposing is very expensive indeed. So I've been thinking back here over the last few minutes and honestly, I don't remember that many objections. That wasn't the difficult part of the business. The difficult part was getting enough prospects because once you run through your friends and family and your Facebook contents, contacts, now you have to go out and meet new people. That was very difficult for me living in a small town, moving around all the time, not establishing roots, you know, in places. So yeah, having to go to, go out to meet people that was very difficult getting the getting the prospect list was very difficult but once you've identified a problem in anybody especially an older person who was always my primary target i never started targeting 20 year olds other than my friends you know i'd be out there looking for people with a limp and people with a hunchback at the grocery store (laughs) literally i would prospect most people at the grocery store say hey i can help you if you want i got this video you can check it out call me if you watch it not everybody would would watch it but some would So, yeah, definitely the main challenge was to get information into the brains of more people. That that was the primary challenge. It always was. And once they've actually watched it, which, again, not everyone does. Sometimes you need to bug people. Hey, Uncle Jim, did you watch that video? Why not, man? You got thrombosis. I'm trying to help you with this, but you need this information or you're not going to listen to me. So, yeah, you might have to bug them to, to watch it, but getting more prospects was the difficult thing, getting more information into more people's heads. And, you know, I trust people to make their own decisions. Some people come to what I think is a stupid decision, and they say, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing the diabetes medication, or whatever. You know, I can't force people to be smart about things or, or what I think is smart about things. And they have their own reason for believing in things, so I'm not calling them an idiot. Smart people do stupid things all the time. And I would imagine that that's probably the main challenge for this person here who's asking again, he's a young guy. I know he's talking to people in his direct circles, which is very challenging and it's actually the most challenging. By the way, a lot of people get discouraged in this business because they have a hard time convincing their friends and family to do this. They think, well, if I can't convince my friends and family, how am I going to convince a stranger? Well, go back to their motivations. It doesn't matter whether they're a stranger or whether they know you. If they have pain, which is what we, we're in the business of getting rid of pain. If they have pain, that's what makes them a good prospect, not if they're related to you. And in fact, if they are related to you, it makes it a lot harder to communicate to you because you're not a health expert. You just started this, but even health experts, I know people in this business who are fully health experts, never convinced their parents, never convinced their wife, for example, So prospecting the people in your direct circles is definitely the most challenging thing to do. Again, just they know you, they know your history and everything, and it's hard for them to suddenly now see you as an expert. It took years for this to become part of my identity to the point where people don't really people who know me, but don't really know anything about what I do. They at least know that I've been doing it long enough to take me seriously on it. It took a long time. A lot of my friends didn't take me seriously. I was a bum, you know, starting this. They might respect me as a person, but they'd be like, dude, why do I have any reason to listen to you about this when my doctor is telling me this, and you're a hobo, and you're telling me something else. Very challenging, but working with people, the strangers that didn't know me, didn't know my history, didn't know my financial struggles, didn't didn't know any of that stuff, it it was very easy. I just looked for people with pain, gave them the CD, that's how we operated back then, give them the CD, hope that they call me that was it and enough people called me where it got track and I know that that situation sounds uncomfortable and it sounds like it's much easier to talk to the people that we already know but again it's uphill you didn't go to medical school you know you're exposing them not only to this information but to the fact that you're claiming to be a part of this information like that's probably new to all of them and I know it's again it's scary to go out and prospect strangers but People who are in the most pain are the ones who have the most benefit from us. Uh, I have no problem, you know, sitting across from somebody who's dying and saying, "Yeah, you know, you need to spend several hundred dollars to give yourself the best chance here." I know this is sounding cruel, right? But those people are the ones who have most to gain. Talking to somebody who's perfectly healthy, a 23-year-old friend of mine who's perfectly healthy, they might spend all that money and not feel anything. They might feel ripped off. I know it's doing something in their body, but they might not have proof for it right away. So to me, it's absolutely easiest to talk to people who need it the most. You know, there's the least amount of objections. By the way, sometimes people will just test you. I've had literally old ladies, I'm remembering one specific sweet tiny little old lady You know she's got a whole list of diseases we're sitting down talking and I'm saying yeah you know I'm giving the proposition if you do this then expect this because of this so we've already had this whole conversation about the because and then my if would have been I don't remember what the product would have been probably was a healthy body start pack or a brain and heart pack or something like that this little old lady didn't need a lot of products she just needed you know a good a good start so We're talking about 200 bucks here. She tells me, Ryan, I'm on disability. I have no money. My family supports me. You know, I'm, I'm starving to death at home. I've had old people tell me they eat dog food. I'm not kidding because they didn't have enough money to feed themselves. But just because it's a sweet old lady doesn't mean that they're not playing with you. That same sweet old lady, I think, and this has happened a few times, but I'm just remembering this one case specifically where I think she wanted me to jump on that and be like, okay, you're on disability. Uh, Well, don't worry. I've got this cheaper option for you. That wasn't the case. I already gave what my honest recommendation was. And, you know, instead of arguing about the price, I I just kind of said, you know, this, this is the price. I do feel very confident that you'll get a great result from this. You know, you are the type of person that would get the most benefit from this, etc. Honest things. And she told me again that she didn't have the money, but she smiled and then she came back we're at the store. We're at the store in Windsor. She came back maybe an hour or two later with a bag full of cash, a grocery bag full of cash, more more money than I was even proposing. I was only proposing a couple hundred dollars. She probably brought a thousand dollars back. So this old lady on disability, you know, had been squirreling away money under her mattress or something, which lots of people do. And I'm just saying that sometimes people actually lie to you to test you, you know, to see if your if your answers will change to see if you're genuinely proposing what you think is best for the person and not just changing it or not just proposing something because you think they have money. Right. So someone is explicit that they don't have money. I'm going to keep. My proposal, the exact same, the way it is. Some people might have to save for it. Some people might have to ask for a loan. Some people might have to put it on a credit card. Again, I hope this doesn't sound cruel. Like, oh, you're just taking advantage of old ladies. No, sweet old ladies are our best customers. They're the ones that we can help the most. And I can't do this for free. What are we, what are we talking about here? You know, they need a, if they need a car, I can sell them the, the a cheap car, but I can't sell them no car. They still need something to do the job, right? And that's what we have. We have something to do the job. I'm going into detail about this, number one, because we have the time, but number two, because people will say all kinds of things that just aren't true. And again, people, practically anyone, will summon the will and the power and the energy to get the money to get what they need. The problem with most people is they just don't set their goals high enough, right? If you don't try to be a millionaire, you're not going to be a millionaire. But again, people will get the money sounds bad but like if somebody wants a, a bike they'll they'll get it if somebody wants weed they'll get it if somebody really wants to pay their rent they will get it people will tell you I'm poor people will tell you I, I'm on disability well people on disability are the ones that we can help the most I was on disability i under i understand you know I've gotten welfare I understand I get it it's not a lot of money but being in pain isn't worth it's is the bottom line and if people actually realize that they will find a way to make it happen just like i did just like you did So if you get any objection circle back to the value proposition in our value proposition, by the way, are free things. Remember, even if money was truly a problem, somebody said, look, I literally don't have any money right now. Me, I don't have a credit card. I remember a guy telling me, put it on the credit card. I don't have a credit card to put it in. I actually have to go and get the money and come back and it's not going to be today. It's going to be next week. So I'm okay with that. You know, a a prospect, no problem. You don't have the money. Many of the things on our list are free and you continue to get me, right? They continue to get you, You you're helping them. That's part of the deal. That's part of the if, then, because. So even if they don't have the money to get started on the products right away, that's fine. We can start with the free things right away. I'm circling back around to what to do, the proposal, and the value. It's fine, we can start the free things today. Absolutely, you can keep me updated. Make sure you do the salt flush, that's free. We'll talk next week, whatever it is. Anything that is an objection, circle back to the value proposition. My doctor says that uh, unless you're a celiac, you don't have to avoid gluten. Hey, I agree. I understand. We hear this all the time. But the thing is, we are telling you that you'll get results if you do this. If you do this, then you should get results. doesn't matter what the doctor says. doesn't even matter what I actually say. Try it and see. Try it and see. That's the proposition. If you do this, you have to do it, not argue with it, not have theories about it not bring up somebody else's opinion on it. If you do this, then you should expect this. Hopefully you're not promising the entire world and you have a realistic proposition because I can sweep any objection away by going back to the proposition. I don't care what the doctor thinks. I don't care if you think it's too expensive. Do the free things. I don't care if you think it'll take too long. Start today. I don't care if you think it's too hard to do. Start today. Start trying. Start switching things. And I'm here to help. In the early days, before I had any testimonials of myself, I would honestly be telling people you're going to be my first diabetes testimonial. You're going to be my first knee replacement surgery that we've avoided. I'm confident in it. You know, we, I just showed them the information. Da, 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 da. You're going to be my first. Rather than having to pretend to be an expert and pretending to have all this experience, you can be open. You can say, look, I've just been recently introduced to this, but I absolutely believe in this. It's okay if you don't actually believe in it, but I want you to try this for this amount of time. Time is important for this amount of time. Hopefully we see a, a result. I'm here to help you the whole way through. I think this can change your life, etc. And if you are getting objections, then chances are they're just simply not convinced of the value. And that's okay. Dr. Wallach does usually a very good job about getting people confident, but not everybody is. Some people watch it and they think he's a charlatan. You might not be able to change their opinion. Again, you might not win every single one of them. You might not. You won't sell everybody. It's physically impossible. So some objections again they're just going to be there to roadblock you because the person doesn't want to take action some of them are going to be there because they don't understand or believe the value in which you can go in and reinforce the value statement you know this is expensive well again not having diabetes is a much better life basically it's worth it it's worth it to do it no matter what Yeah, circle back to the value proposition, circle back to the fact of the extra value that you give by helping them, and that's pretty much it. You should be able to get around any objection. There's not that many objections other than cost, my doctor said this, or I don't think I'll be able to be gluten-free. You can handle all those.